We are I. Good morning, everybody. 5.20 a.m. on this Tuesday morning. Summertime, best time of year. I just love waking up hearing those birds chirping in the morning. I don't know if you're one of those people too, but I would wake up half an hour early. I'd wake up an hour earlier than what I do just to be able to hear those birds chirping in the morning. So there's just, there's something about it. Well, actually, I know what, what it is. It, it's a representation of summertime. When I know, when I wake up and those birds are up and chirping, I know it's summer. And I think that's what makes it feel so good. It's like you just know what time of year it is. Like you don't wake up in the middle of the winter and hear those birds chirping. That's a summertime thing. And I'm a summertime person. I'm a I'm a fair weather person. And I just love it. Because having great weather provides great opportunity. It makes better human beings too, I think. Like summertime and warm weather, sunshine just... I think it makes better, happier, more well-rounded human beings. Because if you look at the cold weather, it's just, you know, you get like hard people, you get resilient people, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it's just not as cheery. You take somebody from Siberia versus the Caribbean, I think it's pretty easy to be able to see the difference between those two human beings of just the amount of cheeriness, looseness, you just, I, I feel in my mind, I can see it perfectly. But um, after a weekend of travel, you know, and as anybody knows who follows my Instagram, like I travel all the time, every couple of weeks. And I really get to see like an interesting juxtaposition of life. You know, we're like, you have these people who are forced to be together, who don't want to necessarily be together but yet they have no other choice. You know, I find it really interesting to be able to watch behavior on an airplane. And I never have before, but I just feel like right now because of, you know, like COVID and everything that we've lived through the last, you know, 18 months or so has allowed me to be able to see people's behavior in a really unique way. So you take this airplane, for example, right? And we're all such creatures of habit and, you know, like we're all so antsy and, you know, can't wait another five or 10 minutes. And, you know, I fall into this exact same category in an airplane too, and that we all pack to the front of an airplane. Every time you're booking a seat or have an opportunity to be able to book a seat, you're going to book it to the, as close to the front of the airplane as you can. And flying all during COVID, it was the most strange thing. Almost all the passengers, because the flights were pretty light, but almost all all the passengers on the entire airplane were in the first like 14 rows. You know, from like the back two thirds of the airplane were completely empty. Now you would think during COVID when people are supposedly supposed to be spaced out and people wanting to space them out, that they would do that to themselves. Because you have the option of being able to pick your own seat. And if there's other seats available on an airplane, you also have the opportunity to be able to ask to be able to switch seats. But nobody did. Everybody just same behavior packed to the front of the airplane. 
nobody spaced out. Not that I cared about this at all. Like it didn't concern me. I just thought it was funny. Like then I thought we're thinking right now, you know, anybody who's going to be flying during COVID, you know, is probably on the air or airing on this side of not really, you know, buying into the whole propaganda behind COVID, but still very interesting. Maybe not from a COVID standpoint, but just from a, a luxury standpoint, why not have a whole row? Because there's the same amount of people on the airplane. It's going to take you no longer to get off this airplane. It's only going to afford you more space. Then I sat down, I was sitting beside a bunch of WestJet employees one time and um, sitting like right up at the front and uh, talking to them. And I was like, oh, I'm like, how come you guys are up here in like the better seats? I thought you were supposed to take seats towards the back of the airplane. And he's like, oh, just luckily draw. That's just where we got it, where we're told to sit. But he's like, I actually prefer to sit in the back because nobody wants to sit back there. And you always have the entire airplane to yourself. I was like, case in point, you know, very interesting. But now that people are packing on these flights again, seat sales and, you know, 70 bucks to be able to fly pretty much anywhere. When people are packing an airplane, now all the seats are full. You have no choice to be able to sit anywhere you want. Every seat on the plane is full. You have to sit. But people, when they need to be able to come on the into your row, this is the part that I wanted to talk about because this is the part that I find just to be really interesting. Very, very few times will somebody ever say, hey, excuse me, you know, like, that's my seat, you know, do you mind if I get in? Yeah, people who point. I was on an airplane on the weekend where somebody legitimately threw their bag onto this seat. I was sitting in the window. They were in the middle, and there was another gentleman on the aisle. Threw their bag onto the seat as their statement that this is my seat. I've seen people stand there and, like, grunt. People stand there and just kind of kick the seat. I've had people stand there and just outrightly just kind of start not yelling, but like being very direct, like kind of like this. I have to be standoffish, like this person might take my seat or not let me in my seat. You know, and it's, I would say one out of every 30 because it's not just in my row. Like, I watch the other rows and stuff. You have lots of time sitting there. And it's like, why do we do this? And why is our social fabric breaking down? Like, I, I, in my mind, I don't know whether it's just watching too many movies or, you know, having this fantasy of, like, what life used to be. You know, people being courteous to each other. Like, do you find that we've lost this, like, air of courtesy? Like I know as a guy, like I try to hold doors open for people, male or female. But the one thing that I notice with females is that there's an apprehension. So if you hold a door open as for a female as a guy, these are a couple of things that are going to happen. For one, you can tell that she's just not comfortable. Like there's a fear of like, oh, this guy's getting too close to me, which I understand. You know, maybe you've gone through something completely legitimate. Fine. I'll walk through the door, let it close. You walk behind me. Second situation, I'm obviously flirting with you because I'm holding the door open, which is just a courteous thing to do, which is another interesting part of social fabric. And you have like the third scenario where it's just a nice gesture. There's a lot of things like that in life that are just 
nice gestures that we can do for one another. It's like when you're driving down the road and you come up to like one of those merge lanes, do you intentionally slow down a little bit so that somebody can get in or do you move over a lane if you can so the people merging in can more easily do that? So it's amazing how many people don't. It's amazing how many people will speed up in that situation, forcing the person merging to try to slam on their brakes. You know, when was the last time you walked up to a line at the same time as somebody else and they encouraged you to go first? Or it got into this little social arm wrestle about, you know, who was the more courteous person and let the other person go first in this line. You know, like there's just or a parking spot, you know, two people pulling up to a parking spot at the same time and almost not getting into a car accident to try to be, you know, maybe 20, 30 feet closer to the door. Like we can't walk a little bit further. You know, like there's all these things that I, f I really feel like either didn't necessarily exist before or they're just little gestures of ignorance to do today. You know, because we have this opportunity to be a little bit ignorant, we do. You know, and maybe this is just our, our way of being able to claim space. Because I also know how much like space means to people. And I think that we have this like this built in this built in emotion that hyper attaches us to space. Like we become very possessive over space, even when we don't really want to. Because I feel like there's a a space for security inside us. Like if we have something that's ours, we can call it our own. And we become very protective of this space. Like this is our safety blanket. This is our emotional hug. This is our our castle, our force, no matter what that space may look like. And sometimes it's just the space in line. You know, but we need something that's ours. We need something that is like, this is mine. Very territorial. You know, and I just don't, I don't know if we have an outlet for that now. You know, you used to be able to protect your space, you know, protect your land, protect, you know, this, this entity. And you had a right to be able to do that at all costs. You know, this is my castle. This is my land. This is my property. I can defend this. But what happens when we don't really have that, that outlay more? Do we, do we seek these little opportunities to be able to enforce that social rule that this is mine and you know you can't trespass on this, this thing, this entity, whether it's a physical or emotional or hypothetical space? Do we become overly attached to situations where we need to have a stance of authority when we really have no good argument to be that way? You know, what do we do with all these these ancient emotions and like these ancient concepts that are entrenched in our mind that just aren't really necessarily applicable today, applicable today for who we are? Never mind, you don't even to try to stack and layer on the, like you just want to be ignorant and our world is, you know, so fast paced and you know, you're just trying to get in where you fit in. You know, like there's all that social fabric, you know, weaved into this too. But, you know, I know that I just like to have my little corner, my little chunk, my little piece. And it means a lot to me. It really does. 
you know, and I like to be able to sit back. I think like a lot of other human beings and just have my little space. Do you like to have your little space? Is there a is there a portion of this planet that you retreat to because you don't feel like you have any other space? Like, you know, our quiet spot, our spot that we can reflect, you know, our spot that we may be able to read a book or write in a journal or, you know, listen to a podcast or some music or, you know, just a, a place we go to be able to recharge, you know, a park bench, a field, a place in the forest, a place at the beach. You know, maybe you're just a hop in the car and kind of drive because your space is transient. You know, like, do you have a, a home that represents this, this utopia for you when you go back? And you can sit there in your backyard or your deck or, you know, in a room or, you know, in this house at all that just feels like your space where you can retreat back to or Nobody can take that. It's it's yours. It's selfishly yours. And it's your recharge. It's your place where you plug in. It's a place where you pull the plug out. It's It represents everything. Do we have that? Do you have that? How important is that to us? You know, I think it's this is one of those concepts that it's like, it may seem like, why am I listening to this right now? But it's like, the intrigue, you know, it's there. You know what I'm talking about? You know that there's this place that you need this place. I think we all feel that. Can we define that? Can we, can we define that? Can we allocate the right emotions at the right time? Because we have that place. So we can be the little bit more of a decent human being when we walk out. Because we don't have to grandstand and peacock and try to create this space in, in other places that just really don't matter. You know, you're sitting in my window seat, fine, take it. You know, you need to merge in to be able to help the flow of traffic, fine. Did you get there maybe a split second after me in this line? Yeah, go ahead. Can I hold this door open for you? Totally fine. Just we had this little bit more of a courteous component to life. I know that's where a space that I want to live. I don't do a good job of it all the time, but I try. So just try to be aware. So create space. Where's your space? Feel free to reach out to me. Tell me about your space. I'd love to, love to be able to hear and, and see what people have created for themselves because then I know that you're prioritizing you and you have your space. 